would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. Let's go, Buffalo! By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it! This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. And welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn here with Alex Jones. And this is our inaugural podcast from the new R Street Media Studios in Greater Buffalo, New York. So glad you could join us here as roster cuts have been announced. And uh, we're just about a week away from the start of the regular season as the Bills will visit the Rams in Los Angeles to kick things off. Alex, I think we've had the itch all summer. You got the itch right now? Football's almost a week away. Oh, 100%. 100%, Brad. Yeah. Big time pitch. And it's the big pitch right now, honestly. <laughs> I believe it here because we've been chomping at the bit ever since we couldn't hold Kansas City off for 13 seconds. Forget that. That's all in the past at this point. It's been in the past since it ended, technically. But, of course, the Bills are looking to get back at it, and uh, they start out the season on the national spotlight on Thursday night football, and I'm starting to get pumped. Yeah, I am, Brad. I'm also kind of excited for the, uh, for, trying to think, for the the fun of, like, an entire weekend with just watching Red Zone, you know? Yes, that too. I was thinking about that today. Glad you brought that yeah. up because, yeah, I'm just going to pump Red Zone. And that's the beauty. Like, I was never, I was always, like, a. Uh, I was always kind of like a person who was like, oh, Red Zone, like, I don't really believe it. And then I watched it one Sunday last year, and I was like, oh, that that is my new favorite. Like, that is, I now see why everyone in the world does this, because it's the best way to consume football. Where it's just like, hey, we're just going to bring you the best parts of the game real quick. Let's be honest. Fans of the NFL, I think that fans that have a true team, Maybe don't care about the other 31 teams as much. I would count myself as one of those. That's why Red Zone works perfect for me. It gives me uh, what's going on in fantasy, what games are close. To, you know, it's, it's changing the channel for me, and I love it. And, Brad, it's the kind of thing where it's like you, you never knew you needed it until you needed it, right? Like, you don't, like, it's just one of the things you never would have thought of. But it's so nice just to literally sit on the couch and be like, I'm just going to watch every game sign simultaneously. Like just, like, just every single game at the same time where they're just going to bring you the best of the best. Like, how can you argue with that? And I've, I've had both Red Zone channels in the past. I've had the uh, one that came with Sunday Ticket with Andrew Siciliano, and then I've had the, uh, the one through NFL Network with John Hansen. I actually prefer that one. I, I also prefer the John Hansen one. I'm going to be honest. I love Han- Hansen. Is he is so like he is perfect for what he does. He's smooth, and when they show him on camera, his ears do not distract me. No, they don't. It really, it literally is. It is Brad. One of those things where it's just like it, it, it's just perfect. Like, yes. and he's the perfect host for it. I think. Yep. Yep, agreed. So that's what we'll get to look forward a week from Sunday, but a week from tomorrow, 
the day after this podcast tapes. So a week away from Buffalo Bills football versus the Rams. Uh, let's start out talking about roster cuts because that's the big news that teams had to get down to 53. Um, and I don't know, do we want to start with roster cuts or do we want to get this uh, banded off about the uh, former punter? Uh, I think we start with roster cuts. The former punter thing, I'm going to be 100% honest. I, I'm not qualified to speak on it. It's atrocious. It, like The allegations against him are horrible. And it's just literally like, it just is, there's nothing else you can say about it besides horrible, the worst possible thing a human, one of the worst things a human could do to another human. And you know what? It's just, just disgusting. And it's a tarnish on the bills. If they truly knew the level of like, if, they, if it really was as much as they said, like as much as it was, was reported, then it, it really is a shame on the bills. Like that was, that might be the worst mistake of this regime of this regime. Yeah. And you know, right now they are allegations. I, you know, I've heard some things come to truth. I don't want to dive into to this too much either, but I'll say that the allegations were so horrific, even if they're not true until proven otherwise, you can't be surrounded by that. There's no way that Matt Ariza could be on this roster. No, it, it literally is. It's just a, it's a bad situation. It, it, it's just horrific, Brad. That's the only way to describe it is horrific. And that's, that is the truth. It's a horrific situation that a young woman was put in the situation she did. She did everything correct. She did everything the right way. And yet it still seemed to be poo-pooed. So, you know what? Like, even, even if that's like, even if that's the case of like, it ends up not being true. It ends up not being proven in a court of law. It's still kind of one of those things where it's like, if it quacks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it flies like a duck, it's pretty sure it's a duck. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, good. We, we, we inadvertently pulled the bandaid off. So done. All right. So before we get into roster cuts, let's talk about a signing that happened right before we started this podcast. Sam Martin, a uh, longtime lion, uh, was with the Broncos the past couple of years. He gets cut, and he is signed by the Buffalo Bills. He's our punter. I'm going to be honest with you, Alex. I was like, you know what? It can't be any worse than Matt Hawk, so I'm good with whoever we sign, no, and really, I'm good with this. Really, yeah, it really can't be as bad. as Like, Matt Hawk was literally the worst punter statistically last year. He was the worst in the NFL. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like literally, uh, like, outside of that, it literally isn't like there's nothing you can't get worse than that. And I put it out there on Twitter already that I said I hope that the only time Sam Martin ever takes the field is to hold a field goal or a place kick. Let, let, well, that's let's... the thing. That that is the thing about punters. Like honestly, that is the other thing. Like I think this is sort of a tryout for Martin. Like, hey, listen, try out for the team. Like if you if you punt really well, we'll resign you because having a good punter where he can change the field for a couple of like the two snaps he gets per game. Um, that's huge. Like that's, that's huge. Just being able to completely shift the field. So I think they're giving him a shot at like, Hey, this is a one year deal. If you do well, we're willing to, we're willing to swap you out for it. Like we are willing to literally be like, Hey, we'll, we'll sign you to a longer term deal. Let's but, go back in time. How about with Bojo? Where he was a guy yeah. who had a leg but could not play 
anything else with special teams could not hold. Terrible. I know. And that's the difference, too, is that Martin has, and I mean, if you look at who he held for, he has a prolific list of, of people, uh, Prater and uh, McManus. Uh, yeah. McMahon, uh, and so it's literally one of those things where it's just like he he's held for great players. He's done it all. So you know what? The Bills are pretty comfortable with it. All right. Roster cuts. Let's get into it. I don't think there were any surprises. I, I've listened to the reactions of other media members of the Buffalo media. I don't think anything was truly surprised by any of the cuts. The only question mark and head scratching I heard is that, you know, Buffalo goes out and spends money signing O.J. Howard to a one-year deal and ultimately cuts him. I, I You know, if he wasn't the best, you know, third, second, first tight end in that room, which obviously he wasn't, um, behind uh, Morris and then Sweeney and then, of course, Dawson Knox, yeah, that's fine. He doesn't need to be on the roster. Yeah, exactly. 100%, Brad. It literally is just one of those things where it's just like, if you're not the best and you can't offer us the best, then we don't need you on our team. Yeah, and uh, it, it's a shame because he was, you know, highly touted first-round pick out of Alabama, and he just never really panned out. No, and it's one of those things, Brad, where, in all honesty, it sh- it's pretty it's pretty telling. It's pretty telling that no team, that no team um, picked him up. Right, the Bengals brought him in for a visit and then signed somebody else. So, here's the question then: um, Duke Johnson, another veteran that we brought in in free agency, he's on the chopping block and let go as well. How do you feel about that release? I, I mean, obviously, I think a crowded backfield, drafting Cook. Um, I guess they're still willing to give Zach Moss another go, and Devin Singletary uh, really showing himself as the feature back on this team. There wasn't any room. It's one of those things, Brad, I'm fine with it because, in all honesty, like running backs are a dime a dozen in the league. Like, they just are. Like, that's just the truth of it. Like, they are, are, I don't want to say interchangeable, but, you know, the Bills have talent in that room. Like the Bills have a lot of talent in the running back room. Duke Johnson's back on the practice on the practice squad, so I'm I'm fine with it. You know, yeah. it's, it, it is one of those things where it's like, hey, if if it becomes an issue, then we can bring him back. Um, like we can go out and literally like bring him back and put him on the roster, and at the same time, you can kind of just wait and. You don't have, like, if somebody signs him, you're not like, oh, Duke Johnson's gone. You're like, oh, that, that, that sucks. Like, oh, that sucks. You know? Like, oh, I liked him in the preseason. Another one that I think a lot of Bills fans liked, uh, Isaiah Hodgins. Thank goodness. I feel good that he's on the practice squad. I know anyone could sign him off of it, but showed some grit. He was of the same draft ca- class that we got Gabe Davis. But uh, the injury bug bit him that he, uh, I don't think, played at all in the 2020 season. Uh, We saw limited action from him last year. But Isaiah Hodgins cut and then signed to the practice squad. Yeah, and it didn't seem like he was coming back in all honesty. Like, he posted on, like, some cryptic things on social media. being like, you know, what God's plans next. But apparently he didn't get any offers or picked up at all. So, can't complain, you know. 
the, the other running back here who I, I thought turned some heads in this offseason was Raheem Blackshear, who uh, I, I think just gained a liking there in the season, and it also added to the practice squad as well. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he would pan out. As you just said, Alex, running backs in this league can be a dime a dozen here, but I think he turned some heads and uh, got some uh, got some love from the Mafia uh, this preseason there. So I, I'm good with that signing back to the practice squad as well. 100%. I, I, and again, running backs are kind of a dime a dozen. It's kind of telling nobody signed him, right? Like, it is the truth. Like, the it's kind of completely... The, the NFL feels like it's completely switched. Like, it used to be like running backs are the cornerstone of your team. If one looks good, you got to sign him. Mm-hmm. And like now it's kind of like, yeah, we can just find another one. It's not that big a deal. Like if you have a great one, cool. But also if you, if you can just find one, that's awesome as well. Uh, other cuts on the Buffalo Bills roster here to start out the year. Uh, defensive lineman Prince Amelie. Uh, we also had, let's see, Blackshear we just talked about. Uh, defensive lineman C.J. Brewer was let go. Uh, Brandon Bryant, a defensive lineman, let go. Offensive lineman Alec Anderson. Um, Tanner Gentry let go. Uh, we talked about O.J. Howard, Duke Johnson, uh, Josh Thomas, Jordan Miller, uh, defensive end Daniel Joseph. I mean, I'm, I'm going through these names here. I, I, I don't. There's no other head-turning names other, I think, the most recognizable because of their past in this league uh, was, you know, O.J. Howard, who was a first-round draft pick, and then yep. uh, Duke Johnson, who we saw had some success with a couple teams, bounce around, I think, more with Cleveland than anything. But, um, no, I, I don't think there's any big notable names who were on this cut list. No, me, I don't really think so either. The only one I'm disappointed with who didn't get to come back was uh, uh, Kingsley Jonathan. He went to New York. I wanted Nick McLeod back, too, and he went to the Saints. Well, I'm going to be honest. Eventually, I feel it feels like, I mean, Nick McLeod might stay because people, they really like him. Like, honestly, I I was shocked the Bills didn't go with him. I'm going to be 100% honest. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm pretty shocked. He was in practice, even. So it's sort of like like one of those where it's like, you know, maybe – you find a spot for him, but you know what? It, it is what it is. You got to keep, you got to keep the guys you got to keep. So you know what? They did what they needed to do. Yep. I think so. So, uh, you know, just about a week away from the start of the NFL season. How do you feel at this point with Trey white on the pup list? Honestly, I was a hundred percent good with it. Um, it'd be nice yeah. to have him out at the field, but if he's not at a hundred percent, 100%, 100% no, rest him up. Let him come back week five. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, Brad. It's one of those things where if he's not a hundred percent ready to go, then he's zero percent ready to go. And then the other move uh, that went inside with the Sam Martin deal is they put Marquez Stevenson on IR. So Martin is signed. Um, the question is: Is it going to be? You think Isaiah McKenzie will be the one fielding punts and, and kickoffs this year? I, I, it's one of those things, Marquez Stevenson getting, I, apparently Marquez Stevenson's headed to the IR soon. His foot's been bugging. Um, uh, yeah, he's on the IR, so he's out four weeks. 
Oh, is he? Did they put him on IR? He's on IR. That's how they were able to make the roster spot to sign Sam Martin. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, Isaiah McKenzie kick returns. I mean, I also didn't. I wasn't minding Khalil Khalil Shakir oh, yeah. and James Cook being the combo back there too. Like, I don't. I don't hate the idea of like, you know what? Like, here's the thing. Khalil Shakir and, McK- like, I think it's going to be McKenzie or it might be McKenzie kick returning, Hyde punt returning like they did last season. Yeah, and I like that too. Because in all actuality, like, you you don't need deep punt returns. Like, we're not a team that needs to get guys going on um, on um, on special on teams. Special we, teams. Do, we don't need, like, an Andre Roberts or maybe 100%. a 2020 Andre Roberts. 100%. And don't get me wrong, if we had Andre Roberts, I wouldn't complain because he's one of the best return guys in the NFL at just getting... He's, he doesn't take him to the house. He just breaks off huge returns. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just is a guy who just keeps... Is he always flips just the like, field. Nope. Yep. And just literally like, nope, like I, I will get you 30 yards. Like I'll, I'll just get you 30 yards per clip. And you can't argue with a guy like that, you know? You really just can't if somebody's like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just rip off huge returns constantly," I mean, who says no? But Isaiah McKenzie, being the returner, also had a couple kick returns that unfortunately got called back last season. So we'll see how that goes. All right, you're listening to the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn here in Greater Buffalo. Uh, Alex Jones in the Southern Tier. Alex, first time that we've been doing this podcast, we're at least in the same state. I know, it's crazy. At, well, besides five podcasts we did before yes. one of the games. But any of our studio podcasts, we've never done a studio podcast yes. in the same room or the same state at any point. Yes, you are correct. That is, it is, it's good to have you here, Brad. And for those but who don't know, we've been doing a podcast together since 2014. Oh my gosh, that's crazy to think about, isn't it? Yes. And I'm sorry, I did not mean to cut you off. Continue. No, it was. I was just saying uh, another interesting thing of the just something that I've noticed. Uh, I'm not going to be able to make the first three games this season. Oh, no. And I, I, I sold my tickets for those games, and it, it paid for my season ticket plus, uh, plus, some, plus some pretty pennies, you know? Okay, it, okay. It, it, the the Titans game tickets were selling for on average two eighty five. Um, the Packers game they were selling for three twenty five, and the Steelers game they were selling for three hundred. Just so interesting compared to when I first when I went to my first Bills game as an adult um, in twenty. I want to say twenty thirteen. It was the it was the oh my gosh it was uh, Tyrod's backup against the Miami Dolphins. And he took him, and he we won the game. It wasn't Tavares Jackson, but it was a name like that. And I can't remember the guy's name. It was the same. Uh, was oh it Marcus Thigpen? No, it, no, no, no. It, it, uh, African American quarterback. Um, maybe a little after that. Maybe more like 2015. I think it was 2015. Tyra. I mean, the only other African American on there was EJ Manuel. No, who it was. It was when EJ was quarterback. It was not Tyrod. It was EJ quarterback. EJ was hurt, and it was the the oh, he was like a little bit chubby. He was a really good quarterback. People listening are going to be screaming. They're screaming the guy. I, I was but, thinking it was Thigpen, but that's not right. 
Um, no. It's going to drive me nuts, too. Because I, I know exactly who, like, I, like, in my brain, I know exactly who it is. He scored, uh, and I keep thinking Tavares Jackson, but Tavares Jackson was the quarterback under Chan Gailey. This was the quarterback under, um, was it? Was it uh, Doug Marone's first year? Yeah, where EJ got hurt to start the year, so we were just completely yeah. banged it, up. It was, and um, it was a Thad Lewis. Thad, Thad Lewis. Lewis. It was a freezing cold Dolphins game, like an ice-cold Dolphins game. Like uh, right after Christmas. Week I went 17, yes, I remember it. Yeah. It, same year I went to the Jets game that same year as well. And that's what got me addicted. And I was like, you know what? This is what I, uh, I, I ironically, for college graduation, got my associate's degree, asked my family, all my like extended family and things like that, hey, don't get me, um, like, I don't want cash. I don't want money for books. I want bill, like money towards bill season tickets. And that's what everybody gave, you know, they all chipped in for it. And it, it's so different from when I was paying like $35, uh, uh, ticket to like now it's like three hundred dollars a ticket. So did you upgrade your seats to club seats? I did not. That that's thousands of dollars. Okay. That no, I'm still in two forty two. But two, okay. my ticket in two forty two sold for ridiculous amount. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. See, yeah, nope, I can't afford club seats either, but basically um, subbed a paid-off student loan payment for season ticket payments, so uh, that's partially how we afforded it. And last year, it was selling them to make money, and we were able to make enough money to fly up for a game last year. Lots of fun, but I'm stoked this year. Uh, our studio's here and where we live, six miles away from the stadium. Yeah, I'll be at every home game this year, yeah. no doubt. No, that's definitely the nice thing about living in that area, Brad, is that it's not too painful. For me, it's a three-hour drive plus, you know, getting into the stadium, getting out of the stadium. It's more like four hours round trip. It is, it is a bit tough on a on a Sunday on a Sunday afternoon. Not even including like if it's a Monday night or a Thursday night game. Well, the good news, Alex, for you is that if you do need to lay over before or after the game. You have a place to stay here in uh, in Greater Buffalo here at the Icorn Abode. Thank you for that, Brad. But getting back to roster cuts, there's not really anything that surprised me. The Nick Cloud one kind of surprised yeah. me. In all honesty, he's a dude who like felt like he made the rot. Like he he put he's kind of the type of player that Bean and McDermott love to keep. Like the guys who are like put in the work, put in the effort, yes. and like fought their way through training camp. Sure. He switched position. He literally is like a, like radically changed who he, like who he was as a player to fit what they wanted. So it, it, it just felt like the type of guy that they would uh, keep on. Yep. And uh, unfortunately um, he's gone and he already got snatched up by another team, but I could see them <laughs> ultimately plucking him off, you know, the Saints practice roster as well. Yeah, he got picked by the New Jersey Bills. Did he? Yeah. Oh, he did. that's he right. It was the Giants. It was another player got signed by the Saints. Yes, he did go to the uh, the New Jersey Bills. <laughs> yes. Uh, tackle, a tackle from Northwestern State. 
got picked up by got picked up by the Falcons. Or not the Saints, sorry. The Saints. Okay, got it. Nope, nope, got it. I mean, I think across the board league-wide, there wasn't any surprising cuts. Uh, Last year's first rounder out of Oakland, offensive lineman got cut. I mean, yeah, I don't think there's any big big names out there. No, um, I mean, Leatherwood is still a developmental tackle. Like, he still has skills, like, People are kind of getting their jokes off on Twitter about it, but in actuality, they're like, he's still a talented player. You know, like being an SEC player doesn't go away. Yeah. My my question is, how long is OBJ a free agent for before he signs with someone? He goes back to LA. He signs with another team, desperate for a wide receiver. There's been buzz and noise about him coming to the Bills. I just absolutely do not see that happening at any point. I I actually, Brad, wouldn't. Uh, barring an injury, I, I I don't I don't see the room on this roster for him. I, I think Brad, he's a good enough player. OBJ, even today, is a good enough player where you make room for. Him. Like. Here's the difference, too, is OBJ kind of knows his role. I think he's not going to sign till week eight, possibly week nine. Um, and he's going to be a dude who just comes. He's just going to go, okay, who's like the top player? Like, who's the top team in the NFL, right? And I think he's just going to sign with them. Hmm. We'll have to see. It's a long season, um, but... Just for any of our fantasy friends looking out there, probably don't want to draft OBJ since he's not on a team. Just wait and pick him up off waivers. Well, and Brad, the thing is, too, is I think that, uh, like, in all honesty, um, he's the type of guy who you can kind of just wait on and see where he goes. Yeah. Like, I, he, I, he is, he's coming off injury, mm-hmm. but also... I. Like, people don't take into account, honestly, how much playing with, like, a friend. Like, he seems to be incredibly close to Vaughn Miller. Mm-hmm. Veterans who are kind of at the point in their career where it's like, I'm just, I'm cementing my legacy rather than cementing, like, I got paid. I got my big contract. I got multiple sure, big contracts. Sure, sure. Like, I, I'm, I'm just cementing my legacy at this point. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Well, the Buffalo Bills will get set to face the Los Angeles Rams next week at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. We'll probably be doing what we are right now, another Wednesday podcast leading up to the game next week. But I, I think we're going to straight stay true to the form. We haven't discussed it on or off the air here, Alex, but I think let's not pick the Bills and let's not do game predictions either. 100%. Yeah. No, let's... It works. It worked last year, Brad, and you know what? We'll keep it again. Let's see it ride. Interested in a lot of how this NFL season is going to play out. The AFC West, those are four decent teams that, uh, you know, Denver really just needed a quarterback. They got one with Russell Wilson, who is a Super Bowl winning quarterback and a guy who I just think has never gotten a real fair rep. So I, I he elevates that team. The Raiders, really? I could see the Raiders imploding only because Josh McDaniels, I still believe, is a bad head coach. He, that's yeah. what he showed me in Denver. Um, the Chargers, I think, should be good. 
and then the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I mean, and the Chiefs, like people are talking about, um, people are talking about the Chiefs like they are, like they were in the old days. I think the Chiefs are a better matchup now for the Bills than they were previously. Like I, I'm dead serious. I, I think just because they've switched to without Nicole Hardman and Tyreek Hill. They are no longer like, hey, we're gonna stretch the field, guys. Yeah. If we're gonna die, you're gonna be. It's gonna be death by a thousand cuts. Well, the Bills' defense is literally built to beat that style of play. Yep. Yep. Bills agreed. Built to be like, hey, we're gonna, we are going to dice you up, and like just wait for you to make a mistake. Because here's the truth: they aren't a like, they aren't a team that will beat you down the field. And the Bills, that's our biggest weakness. In all honesty, that's the Bills' biggest weakness is teams that can do turn it into a track meet. Yep, we saw how that played out in the playoffs last year, but completely different deal going into this 2022 season. Um, you know, it's funny, the uh, NFC North, I think, used to be considered one of the better divisions. Pittsburgh, I think, has taken a step back. Cleveland, I don't know, jury's still out. They don't have Watson until uh, at least, I think, week 13 is when he can play 11-game suspension. They do have a buy-in there. He will not face the Bills. Uh, and then Baltimore is good. We'll see how Lamar does going into a contract year. And then Cincinnati would like to repeat as the AFC champions. But, of course, we know Buffalo is going to have something to say about that. Yeah. Well, and, Brad, it's one of those things, too, where it's like um, if – like teams who have a say in it also are the bill. Like it feels like there's a lot of lateral moves by teams or a lot of like slight diagonals. Whereas the bills were like, Hey, we're going to, the Bengals feel a little bit like this as well. When the Bengals were like, our biggest issue is we can't protect Joe Burrow. Like 100%. We cannot protect Joe Burrow. Therefore, uh, we need to do everything in our power to protect him. And guess what? They did that. They went out and signed the marquee offensive lineman, every single one they could. Literally everyone they could, they went after them, and they got the guys they wanted. They got Leal Collins. They got uh, another guard. Quentin I can't Spain. Remember. Yeah. They got the guys they wanted. And so you know what? They are a, a legit threat. Um, but other than them, I think, like, the Chiefs technically got better, but did they actually? Hmm. Genuinely, did they actually? They added some good offensive linemen, but they also got rid of Tyreek Hill. They have Miko Hardman down for the season. So it's one of the times where it's like, yes, addition by subtraction, like at, taking Tyreek Hill out of it is going to be tough no matter what. Um, but I just think they're less, I think they're scarier to other teams because they just added a bunch of talent, right? Like they just added a bunch of killers to their roster. Um, but at the same time, they didn't really add anybody who's like a world beater. And we can talk NFC next week, but let's go ahead and wrap up with the AFC here with the South. I like the Colts in the AFC South right now. I think Tennessee takes a step back. Tannehill, Matt, traded away their best wide receiver in Hollywood Brown. I think they take a step back. 
I like the Colts to win the South with a capable Matt Ryan at the helm. I do too. Also getting rid of A.J. Brown for Traylon Burks, who's basically, yes, he's cost-controlled A.J. Brown, but you don't have any big contracts right now. Like you have, you're spending at Derrick Henry and Tannehill when you're spending the wrong spot. I also wouldn't be shocked if this team takes a back to step back if Malik Willis starts at halfway or towards the end of the season. Like it wouldn't shock me for um because I think they have an out year with Tannenhill this year. Um yes. so I wouldn't shock me in the slightest if um if they started Malik Willis at some point. Jacksonville, I think, can't be any worse than they were last year. It pains me to know that we lost to Jacksonville. They got their first win against the Bills last year. But, you know, uh, I, I, I think, you know, a healthy uh, Etienne coming in, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence going into year two, I think this is a team that could turn a corner. I don't think this is their year, but I, I think this is going to be an improved team. I, I do too, Brad. I really think they've taken a big step forward. But also, they've taken some weird steps sideways. I think the Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, co- Zay Jones contracts were like, um, all right, I guess. I mean, maybe those are like, hey, you like kind of showing free agents, like, you come to us, we treat you right, because they've got just umpteen million dollars in cap after rolling it over year after year. After. Yeah. How about uh, the Texans, yeah. too? I mean, they're a long ways off. They, they are, but they aren't. They have some pieces. They have Laramie Tunsil. They have yeah. guys who are good. And so it's one of those things where it's like, honestly, they they aren't as far off as people think. They had to rebuild after Bill O'Brien just destroyed that roster. He did. Like, absolutely just gutted it. But I, I think they have some good pieces. I'm going to be honest, too. I think after watching a few of their games in red zone last year, I think Davis Mills is yeah. a pretty good a pretty good guy. Like yeah. I think he he might be a guy who um has some juice to him. We've talked about every division except our own here. How about the East here? Uh does Matt continue to progress from year one to year two? Do we see Zach Wilson and the Jets turn a page here? Uh do we see Tua? Be this accurate quarterback that uh, you know we we've just heard nonstop about here. Uh, I Thanks, Tyreek. To to quote uh, Shakespeare, "Methinks the lady doth protest too much." <laughs> and I think if you're if you constantly have to say our quarterback is so accurate, like guys, you won't believe me. He's incredibly accurate. It's the same thing where your buddy keeps telling you about his girlfriend. It's like, dude, she's so funny. She has the best stories. Like, I'm telling you, she's hilarious. And you're like, oh, she has a horrible personality. You could just say that. You you can just tell us she has a bad personality. That's okay. With Tua, it's easy to be accurate when all your throws are checkdowns. Yes, correct. And, I mean, we'll see what he does in McDaniel's offense. But for me, I don't know why. It feels like the Dolphins are a team who are about to trade or draft a quarterback yet they have no draft picks. Yeah. Like, they built the squad, and then they're like, well, we'll see what Tua's got. And it feels like this is a roster for someone else that Tua is just holding on to at the moment. Well, it probably won't be Tom Brady uh, after the whole tampering and losing uh, next year's draft pick. Yeah, and they don't – I think they have 
uh, I think they do have one draft pick. I think it's from the 49ers. Okay. I think it was part of the Trey Lance trade that they got future first this year. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Um, I've heard all this Miami buzz. I will never look past Miami, but Miami does not frighten me. No, Miami doesn't frighten me either. New England, I don't know. I, I feel like because of all the trophies that Belichick has won, even though Tom Brady's not there, we should be looking out. But I think that roster turned over quite a bit that I'm not sure what to think. Brad, if you objectively looked at the Patriots, objectively looked at the things they've done, their entire draft class from their trade down year is gone. Like Devin Asai is gone. Like all these guys who were supposed to be like that class are all gone. I don't think personally that squad is a good squad. Like I, I, I don't. I think they're going to be a six and ten, seven and nine team, and it, it just is. They didn't name. I, don't, I can't name a position they got better at. Final thoughts this week as we wind down another uh, edition of the podcast, Alex. It just feels so good to wake up and be like, next week there's football. A week from tomorrow, we have an NFL game and. It's so weird having the Bills be the marquee game that people are like, nope, we want to see this against the against the uh, against the Super Bowl champs. Make sure you are following us on Twitter at DHS Buffalo at TW Callahan DHS at Bills Bruiser. Uh, also like us at Facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House or on our website at DrafthouseSports.com. All right. Coming up in just over a week, Bills, Rams. We'll be talking about that on our next episode. Make sure you like and support our podcast. Share us away here on Spotify. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast, an R Street Media production.